1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
0: Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. We are in hour number two of the show. Uh, we're on Twitter at Oilers now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer, Brendan Escott at Brendan with two Es, Escott with two Ts. Keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Uh, you can reach us on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063, the River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement. On it. Our headliner today, is the author of a book, Painkiller. Uh, he has had as wild of a journey as uh, any NHL player has had. He now tries to uh, help and counsel NHL players getting through things like addictions and those sort of things. Brent Myers is our Oilers Now headliner. Brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Turkey. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W I L H
1: A U K. Today,
0: hello, Brent. How are you doing?
1: <laughs> hey, Bob. How are you? Good. Do you remember the last time you were here in studio with us? I, it was with uh, George, the guy that ended my career, George. <laughs> George. Yeah, yeah, I do actually. Yeah, it was right after Wade Belak
0: had passed away but, yeah, in so 2011, and we had a pretty serious conversation at that point, and it yeah. was so. And, and then subsequent to at that time, were you working for the LA Kings at that point yet?
1: No, I didn't start till 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the
0: books, obviously, paying. Cal- and I know you did a ton of media with that. Yeah. You do, and you do some uh, public appearance stuff now. Do you recall first, one of the first times we met? <laughs> well, Bob, actually, uh, when you refresh my memory, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> So, it, so, I used to hear these stories uh, from guys in the bar business back in the 1990s. Bob, there's this guy, Brent Myers. He's a lefty. He's really tough. And uh, he comes in at ten and works out and trains and has a lot of fun. I'm like, oh, great guy. <laughs> so, I, I think it might have been during the... Because you, you got suspended a couple times by Gary, right? How uh-huh. many times total did you get suspended? Five. Five times you were suspended. Yeah. And uh, as you know, I, I, I live in the southwest part of the city. And I was, at that time, I was doing the radio show, but I was uh, over at 1260, but I was also the SID at the U of A, so I used to work Friday and Saturday night until like one in the morning, and was driving home, and I'd always stop off at the uh, the Max at the top of the hill in Riverbend, right next to on 40th, yes, and I, it, it was like February, and it was... It was a here. I'll make it. I'll make it so people can sort of understand how cold it was. It was so cold that the guys that froze to death going from Russia back to France during like eighteen fourteen <laughs> with Napoleon, they would have been there because maybe it was eighteen twelve. They would have said, "Holy, it's cold!" Right? And you were outside on a, and they had a, a payphone there, and you were make on the payphone, and you had a dress shirt on and a pair of slacks and no coat, wow. and you look at me and, and you are like, "Hey, dude!" I am like, "Hey." Brent, what's going on? And he goes, oh, I'm just waiting for a friend, uh, and and I I'm like, do you need do you need some cash or because that's when I actually carried cash. I'm like, do you need some cash? Do you need a ride? And you're like, no, no, my buddy's coming right away to pick me up, and yeah. whoever came and picked you up, right? But that was one of the first times, right? And then and then you ended up retiring, yeah. and I, I I don't know if people.
1: Oh, Bob, know. Who do you think I called on that pay phone to pick me up? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> Pretty evident, probably who's coming to get me. Yeah. You know? well, I mean. Back then, if I was standing outside in minus thirty with no jacket on, I wasn't in the right frame of mind. Right,
0: right. I, that's I like. So, so here's I, I guess here's the deal. Uh, and you ended up taking the media course. Yeah. And when twelve sixty got the rights to the Oil Kings, I recommended you for the. I said this great opportunity, to get this guy involved. Yeah. Whatever they went a different path you ended up doing super important but it's been quite the journey to get there and that's what i want to talk about it yeah. today it's just because there are some wilds
1: st- <laughs> so what like t- take us through it you grew up where well i grew up in a town called grand center um in 2000 and or i'm sorry 1996 it merged to be cold lake okay um but a, i i call it grand center still and it was okay. only five thousand people and I grew up with my grandparents, Bob and Joe Brady. Okay. Um, my dad was in Edmonton. I didn't really know my dad until I was 12. Okay. Um, and my mom was sort of just doing her own thing. Did he work for Carpet World? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Daryl Cook, used to, yeah, Cook <laughs> and Wilkie used to tell me about him. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Badger Bob Myers. Yeah. I yeah. uh, miss my dad. Um, yeah. And anyways, so I grew up there. And then um, when my dad came into my life when I was 12, everything changed. And my uh, he coached a uh, men's senior league our team and we played hockey every day. And by the time I was fourteen, I believe, back then you got listed. Right. And I got listed by Portland. Yeah, and then I went to camp as a as a fifteen year old. How big were you at this time? Yeah. Uh, at around fifteen, I, I was maybe six one, six two. Yeah. But when I when I went to camp as a sixteen year old to where I was eligible to play, then I was tipping the scales, you know, six three, about two hundred five, something like that, maybe two hundred. Was it implicitly understood right away you'd be a fighter? You'd be fighting. Well, not really. I mean, the year before I was in midget, I had 100 points, so I I didn't know anything about fighting, right? uh, other until uh, the backup goalie wanted to fight me in training camp. And uh, so that was my first ever fight, was a goalie at center ice. (laughs) Yeah, how'd you do? Really okay. well. I found out I was a lefty. Yeah, which, and you were six foot three, which, yeah. which, which, I mean, I know guys that played against you
0: in the dub, and you, they, you played for Rob Dom. They said yeah. you were the scariest guy in the league, and you could play a little. Like,
1: you had pretty good offensive
0: numbers, so you evolved uh, yeah. during that. Because you went from Portland to Lethbridge?
1: I went. F- I played one year in Portland, and then uh, I played two and a half years in the bridge, and then half a year in Spokane. Yeah, and that was a big deal at that time when Spokane got you yeah. for a little bit of a run. Brent Myers <laughs> yeah. joining
0: us. The book's called Painkiller. When did you? Uh, how old were
1: you when you started drinking? Well, I mean, I the first time I drank was probably around maybe ten or eleven, I think. Um, and quite honestly, I got really sick. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I I didn't really like alcohol again until I moved or I got traded to Lethbridge, where I realized I could get into the country bar d- at uh, seventeen years old. Right. And then uh, rum and coke and Jack and Coke became uh, my best buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how often? Like, were you drinking every day? No, no, no. But, Bob, when I, when I did things in my life, whether it was fighting or practice for hockey, I did it full out, right? You were all in. I was all in. And thank God that I didn't have any cocaine in my life at that point as a junior, because um, once I got to the National Hockey League, that's when it really started to take me down. Yeah. Um, it was just alcohol up until Philadelphia.
0: Yeah. Uh, How would you have afforded it?
1: <laughs> like is like
0: that's like I I've, I've said this to you before. I never made enough money ever to do any of that stuff, yeah. right? Like, didn't you have to, or or can you get it even if you don't? Am I being naive no, here?
1: No, You're well. First off, um, when I signed my contract for Tampa back in 1992, I got a a seventy thousand Canadian dollar signing bonus. Yeah. And when you're making 120 bucks every month in the Western League. I mean that was like I hit the lottery. Right. right. So alcohol at that time was, you know, free flowing. Um and then when I was in the NHL, then cocaine or whatever drug it was it I, I was able to afford it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So how uh, like educator listeners here, what, what would be you you fight your way up from the WHL. Yeah. You can play a bit too. Like, you know, you scored twenty goals and that's yeah. so, like you weren't a guy
1: that was one dimensional. You could skate okay, yeah. you were a lefty. Yeah. Uh well, I think if you look at seven NHL general managers believed in me, and they yeah. gave me contracts. If I couldn't play the game, there's no way that I would have got those deals. Right? Yeah. So I knew I could play. They knew I could play. Um, but unfortunately, what happened was when you get pigeonholed into that role, if you don't get an opportunity to play on the you know at least the third line for a right. few, few games out of the year where they can show what you have, it's it's almost impossible. Yeah. You know.
0: Brett Myers joining us. It is uh, 114 at Edmonton. The book is called uh, Painkiller. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about transitioning from booze into a lot of hard stuff and uh, and maybe dealing with the pressures of having to fight the heavyweights. This is the now former NHLer Brent Myers who later worked in a consulting role with the LA Kings at that time it was he was the only guy in the league kind of doing it He's the book is called uh, Painkiller it's an amazing ride in, in Brent's journey, uh, he's in studio right now and he is our headliner today which is presented by Will Hawk, Beef Jerky some guests and winners now receive gift cards to Japanese Village Edmonton's favorite Teppanyaki steak restaurant book your celebration for the census at jvemonton.ca alright Brent, so were you already hooked on booze by the time you Finished
1: junior, yeah. Oh yeah, I think as soon as I got traded to Lethbridge, uh, it was game over at that point. Yeah. Um, but again, like I mentioned, the the drugs didn't come into play till a little later. When so, I like I planted trees. Look, there was
0: pot up there. I I hate. The smell of it, I never liked it. Yeah. It was, it wasn't for me. I, I, whatever. If that's your thing out there, listen right now. I'm not judging. If that's your thing, I get it. That's fine. Yeah. Some would say it's, it has a less of a residual effect than than than, than drinking heavily. So, sure. and I like the occasional the occasional drink, but no more than two or three in a day. Yeah. Um, when i do drink let me ask you this when did you get because we all know the story you we're suspended multiple times in the yeah. nhl when did you mix in the hard stuff when yeah. did you start doing
1: uh coke yeah it was when i was i think i was 22 and i was with a buddy of mine one of my good friends actually and we were at uh at peach fest in penticton and he just said uh, hey come on in the bathroom i got something to show you and i'm like really so i walk in and <laughs> the stall opens and puts out the cocaine when rolled back then we had the dollar bills i believe right yeah R- rolled up a dollar bill and um and gave it to me and just said uh snort it back and i said well what is it and he goes it doesn't matter what it is just do it hey, you're, you're a very trusted <laughs> friend aren't you yeah. well i was probably half loaded at that point yes right? so anyways i did it and i and i write about it in the book where i about 30 seconds to a minute later um I felt like John Travolta from Saturday Night Fear. Yeah. As soon as that door opened back into the bar, um, it was the most amazing feeling I ever had. And I, and I remember saying to myself at the end of the night, oh no, what did, did, I, what did I just do? Did you have the long hair? Because you oh, had yeah. a bit
0: of a Lorenzo Lamas look. <laughs> I used to bug you about it back in the day, right? Like, oh, I had the frosted tips. I had it all going. <laughs> yeah. So it was, uh, And so did it become part of your repertoire then at
1: that well, point at 22? Well, then uh, if you remember, Slats traded for me to the Oilers in 97. Yeah. And I remember that when I got here, Glenn called me and the rich Winter said, hey, they, the Oilers are going to trade for you, but um, he, Glenn wants you to take a piss test. I'm like, what? I'm like a piss test. So I go, yeah, whatever, tell him we'll take it, right? He better give me a one-way deal, though. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Anyways, so that was the first time that I started um, getting Get a-, a friend of mine to piss in a bottle. <clears throat> and uh, and heat it up. I'd heat it up in the microwave when the guy came, just exactly the right temperature. Um, but eventually Edmonton didn't work, and I got traded to Philly.
0: Okay, so take us so you you were drafted
1: by Tampa Tampa yes, yeah. briefly played there, fought a bit yeah, I was there for about two years okay and then, uh, uh, actually my did you
0: wear a 33 there? I'm just sorry.
1: trying uh, my first year was 33 and the next year 74 yeah okay yeah yeah and then the I got traded to Edmonton for uh, Jason Bowen. Who uh, was a tough guy himself from the Dub out of Tri City? I'm sorry, it wasn't Bowen. It was uh, Vladimir Wojtek You guys had okay, him? yeah, 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 sure, yeah, yeah. So I got traded for Vladimir, and then I came here. And Glenn, that um, might have been a rich winner guy for a rich winner guy. Was Voytek? Yeah, 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 was. Yeah, yeah. So then, uh, anyways, Glenn wouldn't give me one way, and uh, you guys had Bill Hewitt at the time. I and, remember, <laughs> yeah, and uh, so and he, he had beaten. Tony Twist. That's what when he was in Dallas, he he beat the one he got. I remember that, and, and he hit hard, right? Like he, he, hit, he well, and George was a rookie right. at that point, so he wasn't fought, ready yet. I fought I fought Brashier, and I did not do well. Okay, and and then George fought him right after, and and you know did okay. But uh, anyway, slots um, we couldn't work out a deal, so I packed up my bags, went back to Grand Center, and he goes, "Where are you going?" I said, "Oh, I'm going home." He goes, "Why?" I go, "Well, dude, I'm not taking a two way contract." So I went home to Coal Lake for two weeks, and then Glenn called me at my grandma's and said, "We just traded you to Philly." Okay. Yeah, and then that's where the actual rehab started was after the Flyer year. Okay. Yeah. So Eric was there at that time. Yeah, Big E was there. Yeah, it was all it was it was wild. How, well, how, how good how good of a guy was
0: because uh, like, there's people that have perceptions about people in the league, and I'm like. I loved Eric, okay? Yeah. I thought Eric was a hell of a player. His yeah. problem, you know, I sense from some of the older Hall of Famers because he kind of wrestled the the superstar in the league mantle a bit away from Mario and yeah. and Wayne and those guys. Yeah, But I don't
1: think you could deny how good of a player the guy was. A hell of a player. Well, Bob, he used to skate around with one hand on his stick and stick handle through guys and shoot a puck hard with one hand. Like, it yeah. was unbelievable. And... I just remember my first memory when I walked into the dressing room. We were playing Colorado my first game, and Paul Coffey came up to me. And I just said, oh, my God. Like, because that guy, to me, was like a god, right? Right. And then Hextall and Shell Samuelson and, and all these guys were on the team, right? But they wanted the meat, right? They wanted another guy that <laughs> well, could chuck them. It was me, Dan Cordick, and Danny Lacroix on the fourth line. So, uh... Yeah, it was uh, it was so pretty, two Edmonton e- area guys. Yeah
0: and, yeah, and and Danny LaCroix for a guy that was not a heavy, he tough, he busted up Sean oh, Brown one night. I,
1: well, I was there. We I I fought George that night earlier, and then I tried to go after Bucky. And then uh, he fought Sean Brown and cut him real good. Yeah. Um, Brownie was tough as nails, too, though. Remember um, when he beat Simon? He beat Simon one time later did on. Did he really? Yes. No way. Oh, yeah. He uh, beat him because Simon could chuck him as well. Uh, but back to Big E. Big E was, was awesome. He was he was 24 or 25 and I was 24. Yeah. We were both sort of single. Uh, so we, you know, we hung out and it was, it was, a, it was a great time. Like he was an incredible athlete. Yeah. Incredible. Like he, he didn't work out a lot. Um, I'm not giving anything away, yeah. but he was six, four and a half and just chiseled like natural ability. It wasn't, it was crazy. So I, I met him at the Canada cup in 91. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I'm doing play by play. He was 16. T-
0: no, he was, he was 18. He just, he just oh, got just, drafted. Sorry, you're right, he didn't just, play that year. That's right. He just got drafted. He, he just right. got drafted by the uh, by the Nordiques in ninety one brand. Right. And I'm doing play by play for Mellon Sports out of Toronto. And I just came back from tree planting. So I'm like hundred and ninety pounds and yeah. he's stretching and I'm in the media room, which was at ice level in Saskatoon Place. And he's sitting there and he doesn't have a shirt on. He's doing a stretch in the media room. And he's like, he looks at me and he goes, "You're not media." So he's like, <laughs> you know, because he's like, you can't, you know. And I'm looking at him, going, "You're not 18. Yeah. You're not supposed to." Because freak of nature. He's a he was a freak yeah, of nature. Like he was unbelievable. So did you? You, you said the Flyers tried to rehab yeah. you a bit at that time. Well,
1: well, Bob Clark told me he said, "We we know about your reputation. We love you here, Brant He said, but but um, because I was showing up now to practice high on cocaine, right? And then. Paul Coffey would say to me, hey, Knuckles, like, uh, say your back's pulled because you can't skate today. So I'd go out, I'd skate one lap and then I'd get off the ice and practice because I couldn't skate. So I got back to Bob. He goes, listen, he goes, not only that, you're hanging out with Eric, right? I go, yeah, a little bit. He goes, well, he makes eight and a half million, you make 450 grand. He goes, who do you think's leaving the team? And I said, no, I get it. He said, so if I catch you drinking one more time, I'm going to release you. And I, I didn't believe him and a month later, um, I, uh, I got released. You got released. And that's when I called the league for help right that, away. Was that the first time? First time, yeah. I, I went to, they flew in, they they packed my apartment up and flew me out to Los Angeles. So we're then, talking
0: what year here now?
1: Oh, so this was in 1990, geez, when was that? Ninety, <laughs> no, I was sorry, it was 1998 was my first treatment center okay. in in uh, Ventura, California, outside of LA.
0: And, And I mean, were there people?
1: I mean, there must have been many people from other walks of life out there. Oh well, it was hard because I didn't even know what AA was. I didn't. They're like, we're going to a meeting tonight. I'm like, well, what's AA? I had no clue what that was. Right. And you're supposed to say, hi, I'm Brent, and I'm an alcoholic. And I'd say, hi, I'm Brent, and I'm from Alberta, and I don't know what I am. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like I was so confused. So yeah. So that was that was the first time. Yeah. And then and then I spent 90 days in treatment, and I bought a bag of cocaine the day that I got out. And uh, I uh, I I drove back to Edmonton, and uh, on the way back, Rich Winter called and said, "Oh, by the way, San Jose just called and offered you a two-year one-way deal." As I was high on cocaine, and I, and I said, "Oh, that's awesome! I'll come in and sign the contract." You know, so I went in. I went in the next day, and Rich goes, "Oh, by the way, the piss tester is going to be here in an hour." And I went, "Oh, really?" <laughs> Where's your buddy? So I, <laughs> so uh, the piss tester comes. I I piss, and I know I'm dirty. I called every doctor in Edmonton to see if two days was long enough, and anyways it wasn't. And they uh, they rescinded the offer. Uh, no, no. They they sent me right back to uh, to treatment to the same place. Holy cow! And uh, so I was there for another uh, another three months, and then I uh, got out. Stayed sober for a year. Uh, had another dirty coke test uh the stage three was a full six months without pay and gary Bettman at this time had to reinstate me and then um stage four was sylvan lake where i bought a house (laughs) that didn't go too good and uh that was a full year suspension and then stage five is a lifetime ban and that's what i ran into at the end
0: yeah um when did you uh end up at what point did you end up uh Fighting George in the preseason, there was a miscommunication there or something, and uh, nope. I, I don't know the whole story. But it was, were you not with the Flames and George was with? You? Oh, was it, was <laughs> this? Oh, that was
1: my last fight. That was your last yeah. fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it was. I'll never forget that day. You guys were coming in. I was actually so Bob. I was waiting to get reinstated at that point. Yeah. We played five exhibition games, and the league still didn't reinstate me. I was waiting to play, and all of a sudden, Daryl Darryl Sutter comes up and he goes, Congratulations, you just got back into the NHL.
0: So, is this like 03 04? Yeah, yeah it was, okay.
1: no, it was right after the lockout. So, 05 of 05. And I looked at the calendar and I said, Oh no, we're playing Edmonton tonight. And I I got instantly sick. I, I, I haven't played a game in the NHL for two years, and I got to fight this monster, right? So, anyways, I didn't eat for a couple of days. I was weighing 214 pounds. And uh, I just got out on the ice, and, and I hear this, "Hey!" And I look back. He goes, "You ready?" And I go, "No." <laughs> and he, he goes, "Well, we're going." <laughs> and I said, "Okay, big boy, let's go." And then all I remember is the lights went out. And,
0: and he's left-handed too.
1: Yeah, he hit me hard, and I'll ne- my dad kept telling me to throw, like never, ne- like always keep throwing, Brant, no matter what. And he hit me really hard the first time, and I went down to my knees. <laughs> and I remember my dad saying to me, "Get up." So I get up, and I go to throw another left and then the next thing i remember the the refs go Are you done and i go yeah and i instantly knew something was wrong with my eye yeah. so i uh, well he smashed the orbital yeah
0: uh, that was a memorable incident in the preseason of 2005 Brent Myers joined us you end up kicked out of the league at that point we'll talk about what happens afterwards uh, where you ended up uh, the work you did with the LA Kings and the work it, it's an amazing story Brent Myers painkiller uh, we will head off at 128 in Edmonton to a, not before just uh, we'll get to a global news weather traffic update with Evan Cook but I do want to mention cars cost lesson Brent Brentridge Ford and withtasquin is well known for their top shelf service department they don't forget about you after you purchase a vehicle, call Uncle Milt, Rich, and Johnny, and let the team at Brent Ridge Ford make you a repeat customer. Seven eight zero three five two sixty forty eight. Your Ford Truck Authority on the Auto Mile in Wataskiwin. Off to a Global News weather traffic update with Evan, and back with more with Brent when we return.